Alrighty, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And one more team to go, and that is the Seattle Seahawks Wiz. And, you know, you mentioned at the last, at the end of the last podcast, uh, letting Russell Wilson cook. And I was giddy with excitement in the first half of the season last year. He was cooking away every single week. And I don't know what happened and what changed. And where it all went wrong, but uh, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks offense uh, basically imploded in the second half of the season, and uh, there was the end of the Russ Cook era. Whether that was right, wrong, or indifferent remains to be seen. Uh, Schottenheimer is gone as offensive coordinator. Pete Carroll coming back as the head coach, but the Seattle Seahawks still going to make some noise in this division whiz, and uh, Russell Wilson is still probably an elite quarterback in this league. The question is, how much does the end of last season affect everything? Yeah, I mean, in these type of situations, you're always a little concerned that, you know, the, the beginning of the next season is just going to be another chapter of the tail end of the season before, and that doesn't bode well. So we're just hoping that, I guess, you know, if you're a Seahawks fan or uh, you draft any of those Seahawks on offense that – uh, they're able to kind of, you know, uh, switch things up a little bit and not become so predictable. And uh, and uh, the off-season stuff was kind of odd that Russell Wilson seemed to be having. But I think uh, Seattle went and tried to do what they needed to uh, do. You know, they gave him some offensive line help. And um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But you uh, teased everyone with a stat, so uh, I'm waiting uh, just like everyone else to hear the stat that so, you're going to say. So, so this is pretty amazing and, and, and really talks about kind of how the team changed around. So, you know, last year, first, first half of last year, eight games, Russell Wilson averages 318 yards a game, uh, 28 touchdowns, four interceptions. So he was – well, you remember, right? He was basically slam dunk MVP candidate. Would you agree with that? Like halfway through the Absolutely, season. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was Russell Wilson. Okay. So Russell Wilson ends up finishing the season with just 40 touchdowns, so 12 touchdowns at the end of the season, and threw eight interceptions in the final eight games. And, you know, the yardage dropped off as well. But Pete Carroll basically made a decision that he wanted to change the way this team was playing football. And I think the biggest reason around that, and I'm getting to the stat that I was going to talk about, is the fact that he he had a defense that was just on its heels at the beginning of the season. He, this is not the Legion of Boom. It was a different defense. Um, and I think Pete Carroll wanted to run the football more to really protect his defense. And, you know, as, as the season progressed, this is amazing what the Seattle Seahawks defense did, but it just speaks to how the team the team changed its look completely, a complete metamorphosis during the season. The Seattle defense was the most improved defense in the second half of the season. They went from a bottom five defense in the first half of the year to a top five defense in the second half of the year in both yards allowed and points allowed. And I think that's completely attributed to the fact that Seattle basically turned around the way they were playing football. Now, you could sit here and say, no, that's not right. But I, I don't know. It's almost as if Pete Carroll made the decision to do what he did with this team because he wasn't getting what he wanted. It, with Russ cooking, the defense was constantly out there. And I don't know. that I, That's a shocking turnaround in terms of for a defensive stats. But they did run the ball a lot more in the second half of the season. I was stunned that they were a top five defense in the second half of the season last year. Yeah, I mean, their defense certainly played better. Um, 
Jamal Adams uh, factored into that. He's a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, he played well. But, yeah, it was a complete turnaround, right? Their offense was elite, and then it became poor, and their defense was poor, and it became very strong. Uh, so they're going to try and hit things on on both cylinders, um, you know, hit the offense and defense on, on, you know, on both playing well, and we'll see if the Seahawks can do that this year. But, you know, I'm still confident in Russ Wilson. Uh, he should be drafted as a quarterback one in all formats. I put him in that group that I talked about with Kyler Murray where, you know, after the first one or two players at the position, then it's kind of personal preference. Who do you like there? So I have Russ Wilson kind of like in the middle there, maybe quarterback five or six overall. Um, how do you see it? Yeah, so I, you know there's probably not too many guys in the world of fantasy that you compete against who have a bigger affinity for Russell Wilson than I do. Would you agree with that? Is that, is that, a, is that a reach? Yeah, you love the – yeah, and, I, and I've argued, I think, over the years, I've argued that coming into seasons, uh, you know, when he's kind of ranked kind of like you see him ranked 9, 10, you know, that kind of area, I've argued vehemently against that being, uh, you know, an underrated player. Um, I, there's definitely going to be some scar tissue after the way he finished last season, I think, with a lot of people. And, you know, you mentioned the offseason being a little strange. He was mentioned in trade rumors maybe to the Bears. So I, you know, I don't kind of know how that's going to play into things. I, my gut tells me that the way Russell Wilson finished last season will impact how he's viewed into the coming season. I think there's some intrigue with some other players. And I think this could be one of those years if you're in a league where the league decides that Russell Wilson doesn't have the same value that he should as the previous season, that you could be getting a bargain at the position. But again, I, I think he takes a step back. Uh, I, I'm with you in that I think he's still uh, a number one guy. I think ranked somewhere, like you said, between five and eight in that, in that vicinity. Um, but it, would I be surprised at the end of the year if he's still a top three guy? And they are making a change at offensive coordinator. Shane Waldron, who was the passing game coordinator for the Rams, uh, he stays in the division, goes to Seattle. Um, I don't know, you know, again, if that makes a, a, bit, a significant difference uh, in terms of how this offense runs things. I was quite enjoying the Russell Cookie era, uh, the Russ Cooking era, but uh, that, like I said, only lasted eight games. Uh, I would like to see that come back. I'm sure I'm going to have some equity in the player some way, somehow, no question about it. But, but I do understand that there will be lingering uh, concerns, especially the way they finished the season last year. Yeah, and um, and I think. You know, to your point, people have always, you know, forgotten about Russell Wilson. They kind of like under, you know, underestimated him. He's always been kind of undervalued. But coming into this year, I'm just, you know, wondering how he's going to be viewed at. Um, and I, I think he's just one of these quarterbacks that, you know, you could have a hundred different people and they'll give you a different answer uh, how they view, like, quarterbacks three through eight. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. And as far as the running backs, uh, moving on to the running backs, Chris Carson, I have him as a running back, too. Uh, he's rock solid. He's a workhorse-type guy. I think the, the, the running backs below him on the depth chart, it's kind of a headache to try and figure out a direct handcuff. As we've seen... There is no direct handcuff. Uh, you know, you're just not quite sure how the players behind him are going to be used. So um, I'm just looking at Chris Carson as a running back, too. And the rest of the running backs on the depth chart are just uh, a headache for me to try and figure out 
how do you see the running back situation in the Seahawks? Yeah, you know, the thing that surprised me about Carson Wiz was uh, actually he's impressed me as a, as a pass catcher uh, a little bit more and more each and every year and uh, was good at that last year. Um, did have some injury issues last year. Uh, we know Penny was trying to come back from injury as well. Uh, Travis Homer here, DJ Dallas here. It, it was a bit of a mess last year when it came to the Seattle running backs, but you know, Chris Carson's a good player. Chris Carson is a good player. He caught 37 balls in each of the last two seasons. Um, and, you know, again, I think it's a big question of how they end up playing their offense, right? Like, there could be a case where if there's a more conservative passing offense, and again, it's hard to actually fathom that when you have two top 10 receivers like we had in fantasy last year in Lockett and Metcalf, that that'll be the case. But maybe it's the case. If Chris Carson can stay on the field more, you know, I, I look at him as a, probably a running back too. Um, Penny did not, uh, if, if, to my knowledge, I don't think Penny got, uh, uh, they, they extended his contract. So he'll be a free agent after this contract. An exciting player, but just hasn't been able to stay on the field. The other two guys really, I, get, I, I think, are more role players than anything on this offense. Uh, I, did, I should mention, Wiz, and I know you're going to lo- love this one, but... Uh, a Steph favorite, Alex Collins, has made his way back onto this roster again. And you remember that uh, crazy bidding war we had a couple of years ago where, uh, uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately for me, that Steph actually won that bid. Uh, but Alex Collins uh, was a complete and unmitigated disaster in, in Baltimore. Uh, but he is back on this roster as well. I'm not saying that he's going to do anything, but this, he's back to where he originally started his NFL career. Yeah, like I said, yeah, the, you know, after after Carson, it's it's a little bit of a headache to figure out. And Alex Collins, when he's gotten in there, when he has gotten in there, he's been pretty impressive. Uh, all sorts of different skill sets. Uh, Penny just has not been able to stay on the field. He shows he's a talented player when he does, but uh, it's 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 difficult to try and even if you get Carson to try and figure out who the direct handcuff is. Um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are a nice one-two punch. Um, you know, I, I know people like to, you know, do that. Who's the best one-two punch? Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Justin Jefferson, and uh, um, and and Adam Thielen, and and certainly Metcalf and Lockett are in that conversation. Uh, I know um, DK Metcalf is kind of like vaulted ahead and he's considered not only the number one receiver on the Seahawks but in that discussion for wide receiver one and and Tyler Lockett more for wide receiver two uh, Dwayne Eskridge is an interesting guy from the Mid-American Conference, Western Michigan Uh, he'll he'll be um, on the field a lot when they play three wide receiver sets so I don't know, Metcalf wide receiver one, Tyler Lockett wide receiver two uh, Eskridge sprinkled in there. You know, how do you see it for the Seahawks receiving core? Yeah, so if we look at the rookie year uh, of TK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett definitely out- outshined him. Uh, last year, uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf had the same amount of touchdowns, but certainly from a yardage standpoint, DK Metcalf put on a show uh, in 1,300 yards. He also made an unbelievable tackle, if you haven't seen the highlight of that, on an interception by Russell Wilson, uh, an elite, elite athlete. Um, I, I love both of these players, and I think the roles aren't going to change a lot. You know, DK Metcalf, third season wide receiver. We've talked about that stat uh, uh, in the past. That's usually a, a big jump up. You know, could 
Could, could DK Metcalf approach kind of 90 catches, 14, 1,500 yards? Absolutely. But I, I, like, I kind of like the way you have them rank and the way you're thinking about them. I just feel like Tyler Lockett's kind of always underestimated when it comes to these fantasy drafts, and I, and I think that'll be the case once again. DK Metcalf certainly deserves uh, the accolades and, and his ranking, uh, but I think you know Lockett is kind of like a, a little bit more of the poor man here, but he's going to catch a lot of balls, and you know he does have a nose for the, nose for the end zone as well with uh, 18 touchdowns over the last two years uh as you mentioned uh Eskridge is a guy to watch uh, in, in addition to that I think the one thing was I would say is you know Pete Carroll always has a has this ability to kind of pump up players it doesn't matter what position or whatever you know he's always a guy that's in these press conferences he's talking up guys and he has a history of that and I think there's no difference uh right now kind of what he's doing at tight end where he's speaking about um uh, Gerald Everett who's now moved from the Rams uh, up north to the Seattle Seahawks in an offense that doesn't like to use their tight ends they still have Will Disley on this roster. Jacob Hollister's gone. Uh, the kid that they drafted a few years ago out of Stanford is also on this roster. Uh, and, you know, that's Colby Parkinson. So I don't know. You know, I think Gerald Everett is a, is a talented guy. And I think this is a team that could be looking for that kind of third receiving option. You know, you mentioned Eskridge probably being that guy at receiver, but would you be surprised if one of the tight ends ended up being the number three option in this offense? I guess the answer would be no. I know, you know, Olsen was never able to really produce at a high level. You know, he was an older player, injury prone. You know, Everett's a lot younger and those other tight ends are young. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think there are some people that are hoping that Everett kind of kind of achieves maybe potentially number one tight end status. Uh, I think he'll be a tight end two to start the season, but I think he's, he'll be a player that's closely watched in this offense. Yeah, what's interesting is him and Shane Waldron come over together from the Rams, so the, he has a little bit of an advantage, uh, the, each of them knowing what the other can do and what they want to do. So, uh, again, Gerald Everett is one of those tight ends who I do not have as a top 10, 12 tight end coming into the year, but he's one of those tight ends, a group of around 8 to 10, that I'm keeping a good eye on and um, certainly can move up well above where he's being looked at in all formats now in terms of drafts. So uh, I see it the same. I see him as you know a wide receiver, a tight end too, potentially could move up and, and sneak into the top 12 or so at the position. Uh, you mentioned the Seahawks defense. So what are you believing? Are you believing the first half uh, of last season or the second half of um, of, of, of last season as far as the Seahawks defense go? And Jason Myers was absolutely terrific um, kicking last year for the Seahawks. So why don't you talk about the special teams as it relates to fantasy football for the Seahawks? Yeah, so like I said, I, I was shocked to see that turnaround. And you mentioned Jamal Adams, you know, moved on from the Jets to the Seahawks. And I was very, very surprised by that. Um, there are some talented players in this offense. Bobby Wagner's still kind of in the middle. Uh, but I don't I don't know. Before, before uh, uh, Sherman, Richard Sherman, got into his little scuffle uh, with the law, there was some discussion that he could potentially be back here. Uh, 
that's probably on hold uh, at, at the moment. You know, they've got some players on this roster that, that, that are some good athletes, uh, but Griffin is gone from the secondary. So I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think we'll see that. That's my personal view. So I'm staying away from the Seattle defense. But, you know, as you mentioned, Jason Myers, oh, my goodness, the, the statistics were just unbelievable last year. Um, a lot of uh, you know, a, a lot of extra points. Uh, didn't miss a field goal, and I, I think probably one of the things that holds back Jason Myers from being a, considered a kicker one is the fact that historically Russell Wilson offenses have been very efficient, and they haven't attempted a hell of a lot of field goal kicks. But Jason Myers was bang on uh, for all of those kicks last year, and bang on from you know I think uh, from over forty yards, he was the most accurate kicker in the NFL last year. Yeah, I mean, we're in a league where you you know have to draft two kickers, and uh, I couldn't get Jason Myers into my starting lineup because uh, I drafted Young Way Koo as well. So uh, my my two kickers were, were spot on last year. I guess maybe I'm, I'm kind of a, a special team specialist. I don't know. We'll have to see about that. But yeah, Myers, uh, in all seriousness, seriousness was was just terrific last year, and uh, I, I think he should be drafted as a, a kicker one in all formats. All right, Wiz. So uh, that's it. We got through all 32 NFL teams. Uh, Well done job by you, as usual. Um, And, you know, look, I'm really excited for this coming season. I mentioned that teams... Uh, they're all going to get into camp now. They're all in, and, and probably by the time this podcast goes out, every every team will have uh, reported. And, you know, we're very excited to kind of take you on a journey in the 2021 season. Uh, I think there's a lot of question marks and uh, a lot of situations this year. Uh, you mentioned the COVID stuff that's kind of going on and what that can mean for forfeits. Uh, you know, all these position uh, discussions that we've had and players that will be watching, who's moving up, who's moving down. You know, no matter what, you know, this is an exciting time of the year yeah it's really hot for a lot of these players uh you know getting out there in pads and and moving around but you know for us it, it really spells september around the corner and getting ready for those uh, uh fantasy football drafts which you and i both know uh fills our labor day weekend and 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 the first week of september and, and we're getting very excited for that and um you know there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about over the over the next few weeks as we get closer and closer to the start of the season and those drafts yeah, we're gonna we're gonna really get into position specifics and and player specifics as it gets closer to the start of the season. We're gonna talk about you know who's moving up and down draft boards, rankings, uh, where there may be some value created or some players are getting um, you know going. Uh, earlier than, than we think they should go. I mean, just last year, it looked like Clyde Edwards-Alaire was just being talked up and talked up to where people were convinced he should have been the number one overall pick, and Aaron Rodgers was completely off the radar. So we're going to get into player specifics uh, as it relates to that and a whole uh, lot of thing, a whole other lot of things as well as it uh, – as we get closer to the start of the season. All right, Wiz. Well, well done again. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, it's been fun going over each and every team. And it allows us, you know, look, I, I'm using this as preparation. That I, I, It's been a nice jump. Um, I feel like I'm early in, in the game. I feel like I can draft tomorrow. I'm sure you feel the same thing. Uh, we know guys like Jimmy O don't know uh, what's going on. They have no idea and they don't want to talk about it. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we're here to teach. We're here to help. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Wiz, you have a good rest of your day, and thank you very much again for your always informative information. You as well. Enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs>